TFS episode number 66. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. This is Greg Duncan. Hey, Martin, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, thanks. Yeah, the new job's keeping me busy, but it's good. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Are you learning some cool behind the, you know, behind the scenes stuff there? Yeah, just a little bit. It's been uh, been a bit hectic. We had um, like a, a router failed in the in the in the main data center that most of Coplex um, is is ran out of. Um, so that that was like last week, and that was a nightmare. This is my first sort of full week on the job kind of thing, and uh, <laughs> it all goes horribly well, that means, wrong. So they welcomed you with yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, oh, okay. you know. Yeah. So that was a bit of a nightmare. But apart from that, it was all right. And the, inter- and the interesting thing there was, um, uh, one, well, you know, is it's amazing how online services, you know, we feel like a single site, but a collection of a collection of services, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm there. This couple of things really interesting for me. It's definitely my my um, master's course in running a service. You know, because you get to do every single thing. You know, I'm mean, logging in and blah blah blah, and it's all fancy. You know, I've got one of those little uh, shiny you know, secure IDs and all that sort of stuff now for trying to get, you know, trying to get access into different protected networks and things if we have to diagnose something horrible when it goes horribly, horribly wrong, <laughs> which it did. And so it was all very exciting. But yeah, when one of the things that was interesting when it started coming back up again, how it doesn't just all come up, but because um, like traffic started getting into the front end of this network, but wasn't getting out the back end, as it were. Um, and this, this, sh- this same data center, you know, we're just... Coplex is like rounding, rounding error. You know, Coplex is one of the one of the more popular sites on the internet, and we're just rounding error of the amount of traffic that goes into this particular <laughs> data center. It was like you know Xbox Live was in it, and a few other people that were having some pro- trouble on the same day. So uh, it was an interesting sort of shouty phone call that I was listening into because when there's a live site interruption like that, basically a, a phone bridge gets set up and people dial into it and start shouting really and try and resolve the issue you know so everyone's got immediate um uh immediate access to all the information that's going on and there's all transparency you know and everybody knows what's going on and stuff so i mean listening to that was funny we weren't obviously weren't the loudest people shouting um but um then when the service started coming back up again um there was a bit of uh what what the it guys were calling congestion in the back end which sounded a bit painful so uh but you know the congestion in Bangor was slowing us down, and, and and TFS is in the back end, um, and so the Coplex website was having you know it it was up, but then if you tried to browse source or issues for a TFEC project, then that wasn't working because um, they're stored in TFS. But the 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 Git and the Mercurial projects, the the work items aren't stored in TFS, and the the, the Git repositories aren't stored in TFS yet either. That's something I'll be I'll be updating. Um, and so the the Mercurial and and Git is actually out in a service out in Azure, and Azure was still up, and so um, the the congestion in the back end wasn't affecting the Azure stuff. So when it came up, the Git and the Mercurial projects came up first, and TFVC ones took a, took a little bit more time to come up. So yeah, it was interesting, huh. but there you go. One of those things. The data centers, you know, aren't that much, and you know, are fairly resilient, but. Uh, it's also interesting when you get to, you know, we're trying to get to um, sort of, you know, our goal is to be 100% available. And uh, especially with TFS, you know, the goal where people pay for it, the goal is definitely to be 100% available. We, we financially guarantee however many nines it is. I can't even remember now. But the goal is to be 100%. And um, data centers aren't that reliable. Like an entire data center isn't isn't that reliable. And then inside the data center, you've got, um, you know, 
individual machines and so on and so forth. So you really, so you don't have to just have like multi uh, machine redundancy. You have to have data center redundancy as well if you're getting serious about availability. Mm-hmm. And that that that's um, that's fa- that's fascinating. It's an interesting challenge. Um, I know we once had a problem when I worked for the world, what used to be the world's favorite airline. Um, we had a um, in down at Heathrow. There was an issue once where um, we had problems in the, the the we had the disaster recovery for the for this place was um, basically like two major data centers either side of the runway because they figured mm-hmm. if something bad happened it wasn't going to take out both sides of the runway <laughs> you know either it lands on one side or the other so um, so that was a disaster recovery planning and then there's you know a fiber optic uh, figure of eight linking the two that was taken in from two different suppliers of fiber optic cable. Um, and the fiber optic cables came in different parts, you know, each cable went in a different part of the building and right. stuff, you know, it's all, it's all proper like disaster recovery. It was amazing. And then the, the network for the country would come down into this, um, figure of eight network between the two data centers and sort of split out either side. There are a few different concentrators. So that again, lots of redundancy, all good. Um, right. uh, turns out though, that it, it actually ended up being a real figure of eight, <laughs> not just a, not just figuratively. And um, <laughs> a, a guy with a backhoe decided to dig at exactly the point where these two fiber optic cables intersected each other <laughs> and and split both like the two bits apart. And uh, who would have thought? You know, without tracing the individual fibers, there's no way you could have known that there was a point where they both intersected each other. So then it was like, ah. Oh. So now both sides of a data center, you know, both data centers suddenly think they're the master and start uh-huh. shouting into the concentrators, I'm the master, I'm the master. Where should you traffic go? Go to me, go to me. And then so all the traffic coming in just basically didn't know what to do. So uh, that afternoon, people processed onto planes with bits of paper and, you know, post-it notes and the old-fashioned way that they have to practice still for when the computers go down. So, And it made the news. You, knew, you know you have a bad day. Well, at least at least like when Coplex was having issues last week, we didn't make the 6 o'clock news, whereas, uh, you know, when, uh, when the airline's computer system goes down, it tends to make the 6 o'clock news. So anyway, never mind. I'm sorry for anyone that was having problem problems. I promise it wasn't our fault. There'll be times when it is our fault. That one wasn't our fault. So, uh, uh, but hey, you know, we we got it back up and running. Fortunately, and everyone was back up and uh, up and running within the same day. So we do our best. So yeah, it was it was a good baptism of fire. Anyway, yeah. So, but we've had some good, we've had some good news this yes, week. It, well, this has been news. an interesting week. Surprising week. We have was two. It? Yeah, well, uh, the you know the two big news items uh, Monday announced was you know you can now get Windows 8 RTM on MSDN and TechNet, so you can get the final bits. You guys with uh, TechNet subscription, MSDN subscriptions with the appropriate levels can go out and get the RTM bits. You guys don't have to wait until October 18th. Um, which you know I had a, an epiphany last week. I was trying to remember what the the date was. And I kept mm-hmm. thinking 13 or 16, and then I'd look at it, it's 18. Okay, that's the mm-hmm. reverse of 8118, one, mm-hmm. you know, so now I can easily remember that. Yeah, not that anybody cares. But anyway, um, we used to, when, when, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they said, okay, it's been generally available, or it's been RTM'd, but it's not generally available. So, we're, you know, most of uh, people 
with MSDS descriptions and stuff were kind of grumbling and uh, unhappy, and Microsoft listened and made a change. And they put the Windows 8.1 RTM bits out. You can get those ISOs today and upgrade your machines. Um, and, you know, what I hear just on, on the blogs and everywhere else in my personal experience with the preview, 8.1 is pretty darn nice. If you've got an eight machine, you should seriously consider getting eight one. When it either either you go on to wait until it's generally available, um, you know, October eighteenth, or you know you want to cut the bleeding edge and go out and upgrade now. Uh, it really is a nice you know a, a nice upgrade. I think I've mentioned this before a couple times here too. You know, it's like from Windows. Um, you know, what was what was the analogy I used? Three zero. Was 3-1. it like Windows three zero to three one or something? And I was wondering if it was three yeah. one to three one or something but yeah yeah yeah, it was... yeah it's it definitely a very solid release i've not uh the, the i've not had anybody having you know application compatibility issues or anything like that it's just you know just do it it's it's great especially if you use um, multi-monitors and you know desktop a lot and stuff and definitely an upgrade to go for one other thing the only trouble i have seen people running things is because obviously it comes with a new browser as well and um, you know, sites are poorly coded and expect <laughs> IE not to work, and so try and be dumb. IE I and s- IE long all good. That's yeah. the only places I've seen issues. Um, yeah. So part, every, everything else has just been uh, absolutely amazing, and the IE one seems to have been ironed out as well from what I've been hearing. So it's all looking good. I still run into that browser problem now with Windows 8. You know, them not understanding. You know, IE 10. It's like. Ah. But you know, you know, our, our listeners know that you can use the developer tools and change your um, user agent to make your browser appear to be another browser. I, I'm sure everybody out there already knows that you know you're in IE and you hit F12. You can get the um, development tools, and from there, under is it profiler. I'm just going to press it now. Yeah, no, it's uh, you do F12. And then it's, it's, it's the window that's always visible for me because uh, I use it all the time. You go to browser mode, and it's currently current yeah, in browser mode, IE 10, and you just change it to 10 compatibility, 9, 8, 7. And it actually does more than just change the user agent. It actually, you know, changes the browser mode. So, um, yeah, it, that, that's how to get around those problems if you run into them. But hopefully not. Um, but, yeah, more importantly, more importantly than Windows, we have Visual right. Studio. Yeah, go on. Visual Studio 2013 and TFS 2013 are seed Monday as well. Um, and just a caveat before we get started on talking about all these new features and, and new stuff that's in the RC is that the store, Windows Store, is not a, a um, even if you get this, you cannot update Windows 8.1 applications yet. And if you want to install the RC, um, you can't install it on Windows 8.1 Preview. You have to either be on Windows 8 or Windows 8.1 RTM. So, you know, just just a caveat if you guys want to are chomping at the bit to get these latest bits. <laughs> anyway, um, so Soma had a good post, uh, as he usually does, with a high-level view of the, the, the new features in the release candidate. Uh, first of all, I know you're all asking, okay, when will it RTM? It's going to RTM on the same day that Windows 8 is generally available. So October 18th, um, it will RTM. There's a virtual launch that I think you're going to be involved in somewhat, right, Martin? Is that what Virtually, you- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's uh, November 13th, 2013. So I'm sure you'll hear more from us on uh, details about that. But j- even though the virtual launch is November 13th, we'll be able to get the RTM bits on October 18th. Hmm. 
We should have a because we normally record the show on a on a Thursday, and that's the day after the virtual launch. I wonder if we should do something special for virtual launch. We'll have to we'll have to chat about it. See. <laughs> we could virtually do something virtually special. That'd be great. But anything in particular that you uh, that that take your fancy from the RC? You know, the thing that I like the most um, is, and this is his number one point, uh, Soma's number one point, is the update to the XAML editor that we mm-hmm. get IntelliSense on our data binding. I've been doing a lot of WPF stuff recently. And a lot of binding and, you know, a lot of copying and pasting and misspelling stuff. It's just this IntelliSense here is going to rock and also the go-to definition. I, I'm in my WPF all the time and I want to, you know, go to the definition. It's like for my bound item and it doesn't work. Like, ah, uh, where was this in my view model, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, so those are the kind of things. And then there's even more. The cloud app I thought was pretty nifty in that it is using – it's based on the same technology as Light Switch, which uh, you know, people know that I'm kind of excited about and interested in. I think it's I, – I keep looking for a project here where I can use this. I think I might have found one. We'll see. I, I really want it to RTM first. So, But I really want to use this Light Switch. I think it's kind of nifty. But um, – the new business cloud business app template, which is based off of Light Switch, was meant to help you build line of business applications on Office 365. Uh, that's something new that I don't remember seeing much. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of C++ stuff, uh, blah, 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 C++. That's for the devil. Um, unless, unless you guys like it, then, you know. Uh, anyway, a TypeScript is baked into Visual Studio, so it's in the box. Code lens, we've talked about code lens, and I have to kind of laugh or, or uh, I be be snarky, snarky. That's it. That's the term oh, I'm looking why? for. Okay. Is the Peter, we, no, 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 don't Pete was just on the show. Don't be insulting our guest recently. This is one of his features. That's true, but no, the code lens is not is nifty. But in the RC, okay. they they seem to you know, they give a whole paragraph to the deep link integration has been added. So you know when you're using the code lens and you see the person's name there, you can actually using link connect to the person. And uh-huh. I, if it were Skype, it, maybe it would be. But you know, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe you guys need to tell me out there in the field how many people have Link installed. Um, and Skype being more interesting than Link for you. I think so. That's yeah, interesting or you know, maybe it's uh, you know an extensibility model. So if it's one or the other, or you can say which one to use. Or uh, I mean, I like the idea, um, and it goes really well with the new stuff um, that I think you're going to talk about with TFS 2013 with team rooms and, and and that kind of building the collaboration. So it makes sense. The idea of if you're looking at that code lens and you're looking at a person and you're seeing their change set history and you can see whether they're online right there and you can actually connect to them right there, keeping you in the context of not having to alt tab out, look for that and then connect to them. The concept is great. I, I just, you know, Link is a good, you know, V1 integration. I'd like to see that expanded to, you know, Skype basically. <laughs> Any others or is Skype the only you care about? Uh, that's, that's the only one I care about. Um, mm-hmm. That's fair enough. No, that's cool. Um, yeah, no, that's probably about the, um, the, the highlights really from the, the, um, RC release. There was a good video as well, uh, that, um, Dimitri and Robert did over on channel nine. If you want to go, we'll, we'll put a link into the show notes for that. If you want the, if you want the five minute video version of it. Actually, yeah, 32 minutes, 32 minutes. How many? Videos. 32 minutes. 
Oh my crikey! There yeah. we go. Yeah. So well, you can anyway, see all still. this cool stuff in action. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, part of this release was the you know .NET four five one RC is available as well. You know where they're basically you know improving the .NET four five that we've got, and I'm very excited about the X sixty four edit and continue that we're finally mm-hmm. getting. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, and I also really dig the the how they're integrating the NuGet into Visual Studio and. You know, the, the BCL team is going to be, and they have been, they've been doing this for, for months now, but doing out-of-line updates for the .NET framework. So we can get, the, they released a new compression, a portable compression library or assembly, um, and they did it via NuGet. Um, so the, the, their ability to roll out these enhancements without us having to wait for .NET, you know, 4.6 or .NET 5 or blah, blah, blah. You know, the BCL team can start rocking and getting these things out. Um, I like that. So I have a prediction, and this is totally, like, not based on any position of knowledge, but I really think that um, 2014 is going to be the year of NuGet. You know, it's 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 been around for a long time now. People have been using it for a lot, but it's, you know, I'm seeing um, the critical mass build up really now. It's, it's getting very, very exciting. Am I smoking dope, or do I th- remember something about NuGet and TFS? Um, about TFS being a NuGet repository. We Is might that? have done a story about that, but no, TFS doesn't have anything built into it about that. That would be neat, though. It would, wouldn't it? What a great idea. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that's a lot. I mean, <laughs> we, it, this is a big release and it's, you know, I use, I'm on 2012 and looking at all these features in 2013. It's all like, wow, you know, that's a lot. And if they can keep this cadence up for Visual Studio 2014, um, you're going to, I think people are going to start squealing that too, too much, too fast, which I think is a better squeal than too slow and not enough. But, uh, Best thing is, I've been happily using uh, Visual Studio 2013 uh, against 2012 and 2010 solutions, and you know, with people who are using older versions of the IDE and not having any trouble. So, you know, we seem to be licking that part where you don't have to have the whole team upgrade Visual Studio. Just you can use it. You can, you can, as a, the early adopter person in your team, just go play with it and go live on the cutting edge. So it's great. Um, and the usual advice goes as well. Make sure you upgrade your server first because then you can benefit from lots of shiny features. Speaking of which, we obviously RC'd uh, the, you know, the server at the same time as we RC um, Visual Studio. And we RC'd Team Explorer everywhere as well, come to think of it. So it's been a busy, been a busy old time. So um, probably the, the, um, the best blog post I've actually seen on uh, you know what's new in Team Foundation Server is one that uh, a friend of the show Martin Hinshelwood did over on the um, MVP blog. I have, I have to confess, uh, you know, being a former MVP and having friends who I think should be MVPs who aren't MVPs, I haven't been really reading the MVP <laughs> blog much. I apologise for that, but the uh, it's an absolutely amazing post, and it's really you know it goes into it's it's, it's the that the best post I've seen, so we'll definitely include a link in the show notes to this one. But he goes through and talks about some of the enhancements. One of the ones that surprised him is actually one that arrived fairly late on. Um, when you you know when you connect to uh, TFS now, um, when you connect to the service, it, it you know asks you for your well when you connect to Visual Studio, sorry, asks for your your live ID and everything, right? And you log in and then it gives you a little you know picture in the top corner like Office does. Well, when it does that, it goes and gets what VisualStudio.com accounts you've got access to, and then it 
it populates them and you know and there's a few other places where you can store preferences and things and it, it just gives you a nice little drop down list of the servers that you've got access to so then when you come to connect a team foundation server you no longer just have a blank dialogue with a blank screen <laughs> with three buttons and have to guess which <laughs> button it is that you press the, the the drop down actually has some data in it finally you know this is what gosh eight years later but never mind we get there in the end so yeah that's exciting and um there's obviously the new team explorer which is shiny that new team explorer interface actually um is in the is in team explorer everywhere as well uh so eclipse has had the bit of a facelift when it comes to the team explorer experience and has the same extension points i like this team explorer that that home page better in the rc than, than the beta you know, huh. it was, it's the colors in the beta, the tiley look in the beta and stuff was just a little bit jarring when the, the rest yeah. of the, you know, application was a little bit, you know, lighter and have those, had, having those bright tiles and stuff was a little bit, it would constantly draw my eye to it. Whereas now mm. it's not, they're, they're much more subdued. They're still, you know, colorful. There's still some colors there a little bit, and, mm-hmm. but there's, and there's still the flat, um, modern looking feel, but uh, yeah, I like these a lot better. Yeah, and obviously you can um, do things like with a pending changes window or the builds window, you can actually pop those out. So if you want to keep your builds window visible or if you want to keep your pending changes window visible, then you can do that now while, while you've got work items or something else that's in, in nice. the screen. Yeah, it's very handy. So that's very, very useful, and that, that answers a user voice request that's had a lot of, uh, a lot of vote. Um, uh, obviously, we've got um, over in TFS, you know, you've got all the stuff you've seen, lots of enhancements to uh, the web portal, to web version control, to Team Room. Um, so Team Room's now there. Was that in the preview? I don't think it was, was it? It's been in the service for a while, but yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know if it was. It that long. We've, We've been using it, it for that long. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> essential for for teams. Of, you know, we we use the service, so it's been there for a little while now. So, right. um, and then and do you guys um, actually use that? Do you actually use the the persistent chat notification and stuff? Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, it's very handy because. I'm not in the same time zone as the rest of my team, so I could just scroll back and see what's been going on while I wasn't there. The, nice. I, I would say we would use it a lot more if um, it's getting people to remember to put that tab up. Um, I think we'd probably use it a bit more, you know, if it was like a desktop, you know, if it was hooked into the, so it auto started or something like that. Or, but hey, you know, well, I dare say we'll get, I dare say somebody will do that sort of application at some point. And you can hook in, uh, you know, you can think of things like um, pull in uh, work items or people and actually, you know, have sort of mention stuff, which is quite cool. So, um, and then there's all the uh, the configuration now for um, eventing is obviously much improved, which is talked about when that arrived on the service. Uh, then uh, the agile project management stuff that's come into the services all arrives. So you can have features and then break down features into tasks, that sort of thing. I use that all, every single day. And then the the final thing probably um, worth. Well, no, actually, no. There's so much stuff. Um, so work <laughs> item charting that arrived in the service this week, as well as in RC. Have you seen this yet, Greg? I've just seen the the websites and stuff talking about it. Um, that. Shiny, isn't it? That is pretty nifty. And I can see, you know, that seems to be every time, you know, I'd be introducing somebody to TFS and they say, I want reports or I want, you know, this or, you know, we we would create dashboards to have the pretty, you know, look and feel and sometimes, you know, pretty, I'm talking down on, on it, but it's not, sometimes the visual just, 
worth a thousand words, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. So that's yeah, – and the fact that you can have like multiple up when you create one, you can create um, different ones with with uh, different values and different looks and uh, that, that's actually pretty neat. I'm excited as well because there was obviously not just the framework for it but all the purse stuff they had to do in the back end to be able to support it. It's really exciting. You know, it's um, – yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing who uh, – seeing, seeing what people do with that sort of stuff. It's interesting. And the, the advantage of it being off the – uh, operational store off off the actual real work item database rather than the warehouse is that it's all right. instantly updated it's all live data so that's uh, that's great um the the all the improvements to the test management stuff are now in uh the on-premise version as well so uh you know you can come in create test plans create suites and everything you can basically uh do a lot of the test management stuff just from the web which is really handy as well as executing test plans which has been in that was in preview um and that's been fabulous because um you know we we use the execution of test plans because obviously when you're testing things from different platforms um it's just easy to bring up the browser and uh, and run through the test plan to test your site so that's great um, and there was a new grid view when it came testing the test the test parameters which is very handy and uh, you can even was it you this was yeah you were the one who wanted, really really liked this feature the ability to um, uh, use the URL protocol handler to open up in test manager from from the web yeah was yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that was, yeah we talked about that yeah that's pretty neat yeah. So yeah, it's just tons and tons and tons of stuff. Um, and Martin also did a, a blog post over on his blog um, where he talked about the upgrade process. And the long and short of it is, it, it seems pretty trivial from his point of view. Um, it takes you know uh, half an hour to an hour, say, on a on a decent like real size databases. Obviously, if it's a small database, it doesn't take any time at all. But on like live databases, it takes you know half an hour, an hour or so. And uh, he's not had any problems so far. Um, we are actively looking at uh, you know the reports of issues that come back. This is the point of doing a release candidate to see what what happens. Um, and there's the 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 upgrade weekend is happening this weekend, so we're all you know we're all getting ready to see what happens. So far, I've only seen a couple of issues. Um, one was around if you have like if you upgraded TFS on the machine but didn't upgrade Visual Studio, then you can get some assembly mismatches happening. So make sure um, if you do have Visual Studio on there as well that you upgrade both is a, is a key one. And then. Um, the um there's a problem as well to do with if you've got uh SQL Server reporting services enabled. Um Will Lennon actually done a uh, did a blog post about this, so we'll put a link in the show notes. But basically, um let me see, let me just bring up his post because I'll, I'll give you the I'll tell you about the error and then that way if you see the error you'll know to come back to the show notes and go look it up. Um but it one of the backup jobs would fail due to um you get an error saying um uh, what is it? Could not find uh, store procedure PRC set transaction mark, and you get you get an exception message as well saying the database is not correctly configured. You know, couldn't find the store procedure. So if you see that error, um, it was a bug. Sorry, uh, we fixed it now for RTM, but um, I'm afraid it, it it wasn't in the RC. So um, if you run into that problem, Will's actually got. Um, 
a uh, a bit of SQL you can run to go create that procedure um, and just stick that in your table and then off you go. So he's he's pasted up the code there so you can go off and fix it. So that's pretty cool. Um, and they're, they're about the major um, gotchas I've seen. Uh, oh, speaking of the charting stuff, um, Colin Beals in, in Microsoft UK, um, he, he who does the blog posts... Um, uh, or he's done a f- quite a few recently, hasn't he? Uh, with Giles, quite often he, he blogs as well, Giles Davis. So anyway, he he did a, a massive in-depth uh, blog post into the uh, work item charting features. If you want to um, learn about those, again, we'll stick a link in the show notes. And then uh, finally, um, not resting, resting on our laurels, we did uh, yet another update to the service. So obviously, you know, the work item charting um, stuff was a major update that went to the service. But there were a few other little features as well. Um, the being able to do the test data parameters was there. Oh, uh, how about this one? You can delete team projects from the <laughs> UI now. Okay, not rename. I'll give you. There's not rename. Rename's not there. You can delete. At least you can delete them now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've been able to do it from the command line for ages. But as right. we discovered with uh, what was it? It was um, destroy. Was it? I can't remember. Yeah. There was. There was Maybe it was even, it was just a shelf set scrubbing, but there was one feature which was in the command line for ages. And whenever we would go, it was like the, the office team, you know, when they would go into a site and ask people what features they wanted and they would keep getting features they'd got. Yeah. The, the same the same's true for us. We'll go in and get asked features. Okay, Team Project Rename isn't a feature that's available from the command line. But quite often you'll go in and people will say they want to do such and such and you're like, Oh, just do it from the command line and they'll look at you like you're an alien. But anyway, so uh <laughs> Team Project Delete was one you could do from the command line. Now you can do it in the UI. Yay. Uh you know, if you delete it, it deletes it. There's no going back. So, There's no recycle uh, Oh, no. Yeah. You do get a little, are you sure? But it doesn't say, <laughs> are you really, really, really sure? There was some debate internally if we should, like, almost make you type, you know, solve a, a complicated maths problem to make sure you weren't drunk or something. <laughs> but, put a Captiva uh, on there or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, anyway, uh, so you can delete team projects. And, um, oh, one of, one of my team's features as well, well, one of my old team's features, I guess, um, when we quickly slipped in before we before I moved on, that was um, you can uh, create a um, bug now from or, or any work item from a comment. So if you're leaving comments, you know, and you get to a comment that's like, you know what, we should we should probably change this, but we're not going to change it now, you know. But we should remember to change this in right. the future. You can just re- you click on the little drop down, create a task from it, and then you've got a little work item there that will help you remember to go do that. Nice. So yeah. Pretty cool. Now, yeah, that's probably uh, yeah, that's probably a lot of stuff in terms of updates. We should probably go straight into the. We've uh, was a bit long show already, Greg. We should probably do the the advert quick. Yep, I guess it's about that time, huh? Mm-hmm. Episode sixty six of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com. That's www.sasma D-E-E-A-S-Y.com or via email at sales at sasmadeeasy.com. And Paul was hopefully was going to join us um, today, but you know, he's actually out there working, so he couldn't join us. But uh, he should be here at the next show. And again, we have to thank him and the sponsors for uh, bringing the show to you guys. And now, back to the show. 
Martin. Indeed. So, we'll, yeah, well, uh, just a f- couple of quick, quick things. Um, Brian Keller's been busy, so uh, as as always, especially this time of year. So, um, Adam Cogan recorded a video with him back at Build, and it's a great little, you know, in a corner video. Uh, so, if you, we'll put a, sh- a link in the show notes, but it's over at tv.ssw.com. Um, Adam does a lot of uh, a lot of video posts there. You see, when he's walking around, he's got like his professional camera gear and a little, you know, radio microphones. It's amazing. I've, there's one of me on there somewhere as well so um i actually quite enjoyed it because it was good just to sort of um i've never been to build unlike some and so it was quite <laughs> really? nice just to no honestly i've never been to build wow. yeah uh, so uh, funnily enough you know they make me organize all the conferences and talks and things but when it comes to builds like all the managers are doing the talks before it comes down to me to find people to talk like, oh no i'll do it i'm like well, you know, I always, I, I've heard that when I'm talking to people at the booth and stuff, and that's because, you know, they need people who are actually working to continue working so the managers can go and do yeah. these things. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'll see. So, um, so, the, so but yeah, it was good just to actually see, so, you know, but just to see him there and see the environment and things. It was quite cool. And uh, Brian's obviously always a great guy to, to listen to and got some full of insight. So uh, worth, worth a watch. Um, he sat down. We talked about um, the unit test generator a couple of shows ago. Do you remember? Right. Yeah. So yeah. we sat down with Joshua Weber and um, just gave a quick demo of that over in um, Studio A. So if, if you want to go and have a quick video of a unit test generator, generator then there's a link now up at channel nine so you can watch that and then the final bit of brian keller related news uh, <laughs> is he has a um just a um the hands-on lab there was a small uh, change there to the the in-release um preview hands-on mm-hmm. lab so if you're if you're following through and having a play with the in-release stuff then uh, then yes there is a problem you didn't do it wrong and uh, go check out Brian Keller's <laughs> blog, and, uh, and and you actually see what you should have done. So there we go. But it can't be the end of the show, Greg. No show's complete without the ALM Rangers update. What do we have for us this week? That, um, Jim, I am not even trying to pronounce his name. Jim. Yeah, Jim, on Jim's blog, posted a really nice end of August ALM Ranger update when they talked about the things that were shipped, including the unit test generator, the TFS planning guide, the things that we've talked about, the project flight status I think we've talked about, um, uh, updates to the treasure map, uh, which is you know the application so you can find out all the stuff that they're doing, um, the better unit testing with fake sky. The, there's a Spanish version of that for you know all you uh, Spanish-speaking people. You want the, the native application, native application, uh, a native text, uh, native versus managed. No, anyway, um, the Alien Ragers also did a big release for the DevOps Workbench. Now, this is a tool that I have not played with much yet, um, but if you actually want to see it in action, there's a 13-minute video by guess who? Brian Keller and hey. Casey O'Mara. So, like you said, Brian has been—he's been a busy Brian. Um, so we can yeah, see this video and see this uh, um, DevOps workstation, DevOps Workbench Express Edition beta that you can download. Um, and, and I. I love the idea of DevOps. I love that stuff behind it. You know, I, I just, I, I think it's pretty nifty. And actually what I like more than anything else is on this one from a geek point of view, dev point of view, is that they're using Windows Workflow. 
Mm-hmm. And that one, I love seeing that workflow. The workflow, I think, is one of the most underappreciated features that has been around for forever. And especially when the, the rewrite that they did, you know, for the latest version, uh, it's really underappreciated. And, you know, we saw, we see it in Visual Studio when you create a build they're using the Windows workflow. We're going to see it here. And as more devs start seeing it, I think we'll start appreciating that technology and start saying, well, hey, I can do this in my apps too, and I can get present a workflow kind of environment to my users, or I can, you know, incorporate it in, you know, behind the scenes. But so there's like two for one here. You get the cool DevOps stuff, which is pretty nifty, and you get an app that's beta and that's free, and you, you, you get to see the workflow being used in the real world outside of Visual Studio. You know, so cool. <sighs> And I think that's the primary – I think that's a show, Martin. What do you think? Great. Well, uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to say um, if you've got any uh, feedback or things you'd like us to talk about, then do email us, radiotfs at outlook.com, or send us a voicemail uh, at 425-233-8379. Uh, like one of our listeners did, Matt Rock, who nearly crashed his car when he, <laughs> we were, we, he was driving into work the other day and uh, he heard us talk about, you know, the post he did on the, the PowerShell stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, and he was like, ah, so please don't crash your car if we mention your blog post. That would be very bad. Um, but yeah, please <laughs> drive safely. Um, but, and that's why we don't do the, sh- that's why we don't do the links in the show anymore because we don't want you writing them down or trying to browse them on your phone while you're driving in. Wait till you get back to the office and you can, and you can. And, and speaking of feedback, we also got another mm. uh, tweet uh, response that I want to make sure that we get in the show notes as well. Remember, I oh. posed that question about Brian Keller's, it's the Brian show, um, hands-on labs, whether they would work in Azure and whether that's capable. And he um, tweeted us and said, you know, this is um, Dave Shaw said, yeah, absolutely. And he even blogged ah, about the image. So um, there we go. We'll get these in the show notes as well. So I, I love that kind of feedback from you guys. You know, we, we casually mention stuff and you guys do all the work. I mean, what a deal oh, is that? Oh. That's <laughs> what I'm loving about open source. We had a bug with something uh, the other day and uh, we went to try and dig into fixing it. And as we were digging into fixing it, doing like a search round, found somebody had posted the answer <laughs> to our to a bug in one of our projects because we'd open sourced it. And there was the fix. I'm like, dude. So I just emailed him. and was like, hey, can I have a fix? He went, yep. And I went, thanks. And he said, oh, I was going to, you know, going to send a pull request up for it. But, you know, I hadn't got around to it yet. I was like, that doesn't bother me. Bing found it. So that's great. So, uh, yeah, that's all checked in and pushed up live. So it's brilliant. Got to love it. Right. Well, thanks very much, Greg. Good to speak to you. And uh, we'll speak to everybody else next time on Radio TFS.